You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Masterclass. Dumel and Tete Fred, how are you doing? Hello, Osili guy. I, I feel like I'm going to have you in my life for a while, hey? <laughs> After this conversation, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so excited. Yes, um, we are happy to be here. And I think that we appreciate the opportunity. So let's start with the association, the Franchise Association of South Africa. I'm assuming that all your, you know, your members are either the head office or every single franchise, even the franchisee, become members so that you can regulate. How we work, uh, the association was formed in 1979. Mm. So you can see that we've been here for ages. And the reason for that is because, as you know, in all industries, mm. you have to find ways of how you operate. You level the playing field. Mm. And that is where we have the principles, we have the code. So what we are saying is that anyone who plays into free franchising should play according to ethical franchising business mm. rules. So that is why we have the code, because we know that there are those out there we may want to do things that are not aligned to what we want to achieve. Yes. So let's start at the very, very basics. What is a franchise? A franchise is a business that the owner has established, worked for, mastered, mm. be convinced that the, the business can be do, do replicated somewhere mm. by somebody else. Mm. So it's where you actually give somebody the right mm. to use your know-how, your brand, and your intellectual pro pro property. So if somebody knows how to, say, stay a pot, yes. and their business is to stay a pot, mm. and they want to franchise it, mm. so they'll show you how to stay a pot to that level, to that standard, mm. where if somebody tested it in Northwest, yes. it will still be the same. Yes. So I've given a simple example. So I start a business at home in the kitchen mm. where I do my gravy every Sunday. Some friends and family come, they enjoy my gravy. Then along the line, then they take it home. Then their relatives enjoy it and they want to know where is this gravy coming from. Mm. Then along the way, I decide to open a shop to sell the gravy. Mm. Okay. Then everybody comes for lunch. They enjoy my gravy. They go home. Mm. Now somebody who comes and say, I want to also sell this gravy. How do I go about it? Mm. And I say, okay, so I'm going to sell you the know-how, the brand, at this cost. Mm. So then you can do it and do your gravy in Northwest, in Limpopo, in Cape Town, wherever. So that is how franchising works. So just to clarify, in terms of if I'm now the owner, ne, and then I establish, let's say, some, some type of restaurant, and it's doing well and people are like, hey, please, we need you in Cape Town. Yeah. And then I go open my own one in Cape Town. Does that count as a franchise if I own all of them? Or is it, does it only become a franchise when I start to give people license to open it themselves? If you open branches, yes, it cannot be a, a franchise. Okay. So it's just... Uh, first business and that's it yes but if i start selling mm. the license the intellectual pro property the know-how then that's a franchise mm. so a franchise system is where you actually give your rights mm. to somebody to use at at a cost 
Yes. Yes. And 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 even with some of the franchises, we know that the models are not all the same in, in the sense that, for example, um, I've been to restaurants where they say, we don't even make the sauce in-house. We receive it from head office. Whereas other franchises, maybe they get given the recipe. Uh, it depends, I think, on the modalities. Yes. There are three ty- types of franchises. One is the business for- format, like the food where you get to use the the branding, mm. where you get access to the suppliers, where you get access to the IT system, and so forth. So that is a business for- format. Then you have a brand name business uh, for- format, where you only use the brand name. Mm. So you can do what you do under this brand name. So I'll give you a, a simple example. In the townships now, we have uh, a brand that actually... Uh, all, all what they do is to brand the container. Yes. So you can do what you do. Oh, So okay. you get customers because you associate your work with that brand. Yes. But they don't supply you with anything. Oh, okay. Except some of the branding. Then we have the distributorship uh, fr- fr- franchise where all what you do is to distribute the products. So as in this gravy that you made in the kitchen, yeah. you now... And then Checker says we want to dis- we want the gravy. You supply them with the gravy, and they but they say we don't want it anywhere else. So they have the exclusive right to. Okay, yes. that makes sense. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, I want us to have a conversation about what are the advantages of franchising because one might argue how we are empowering international brands in our country versus promoting creating original brands so there are pros and cons and i encourage you also to start uh, to send all of your questions and comments o double one double eight three o seven o two you can give us a call or the whatsapp line o seven two seven o two one seven o two seven o two masterclass 16 minutes after two o'clock in the Masterclass for today, we're talking about franchising, how to open a successful franchise. And we're joined by the CEO at the Franchise Association of South Africa, Fred Makato. And already we have covered what a franchise is. We're moving now to the part of the conversation, which I already hinted at, as to why would one franchise, you know, when we think about the fact that in, in South Africa, there are so many businesses that have been around for so long that some people think they are they are South African, and they're shocked to realize how Gandhi, this business is not South African. And there are other franchises that have done so well that they've even been exported abroad. Yeah. So what are the advantages of having a franchise? Because at the same time, we also want to encourage people to create their own thing and not just a person feeling like for every Big Mac I buy two cents are going Amer- to America and leaving our economy. Yeah. Um, I think what we need to do is to look at the, the entrepreneurs. One yes. is that there are entrepreneurs who are the pioneers, who wants to start something from scratch. They worked up and all the stuff. But uh, why would we encourage somebody to go into franchising? Mm. One, the brand uh, already exists. Somebody has worked on the brand for years and it has pro- proven to be successful. Mm. So you buy into a system that 
is bringing profit. Yes. So and there's existing books for you to look at to see how how it has performed and things like that. Yes, because re- remember when you buy into a franchise, you get uh, access to disclosure your document, which is actually the pillar. Yes. Of the business to show how the business actually works. So what are the expected return on investment? Mm. What it also does, I think, which is one of the biggest advantages, is that you you start operating within a day. If you open the door, already you have a customer who's waiting to to come in and buy from you. Because mm. the brand is well known. The brand is well established. The brand has a client base and, everywhere. And you don't have to do necessarily the marketing yourself. Because head office, depending how big the franchise is, is already doing the marketing. I'll give you a simple example. If you go into an area where a franchisee has identified as a need, yes, okay, then they start building. Once they put up a sign, or if they say on the platforms that this brand is going to be opening here mm. in a month time, already... People are waiting for the opening day. Yes. But if Fred goes somewhere into an area and starts start building, everybody will be wondering, what is happening here? Yes. Someday will come and even inquire, what is, what is this? Why and then you this? say, get your boost tires. And then people and then are like... Says, I mean, really. So, but if you have that well-branded uh, entity yes. come into an area, by the time you start opening a till, there, there's already a customer because... I remember these products have been promoted over years. Yes. They, they are well known. So that, 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 that is the advantage. From the day go, mm. you, you start hitting the teal. And I think, yes, we're using a lot of fast food examples because everybody's very familiar with fast food, right? I remember, as you were mentioning about there'll be a customer. When Burger King came to South Africa... There was a queue in Santon going so far with everybody wanting a piece, just a taste. Yeah. I remember it went on for weeks. Yes. But in the same breath, from what I have seen, and I could be completely wrong, the brand isn't necessarily doing as well as what I think it could have done. And, and we'll touch on that in terms of, if a person decides they saw something overseas and they want to bring it to South Africa, what are the questions you should ask if it's going to work in the market or not? So you're saying there's, an ex- there's this excitement, the till there'll be somebody there. Yeah. But that also doesn't guarantee success. Can you share with us why? The success comes from um, you playing according to the rule book. Mm. We, we, we have what you call the operations manual. Mm. It tells you what to do. Okay? The problem comes in with the franchisee in most cases. Mm. In that one, you have a toolbox that has pro, pro, proven to work in most areas. It's how you run your business that actually counts. Mm. One, you cannot use a franchise business as a side hustle. Okay, because mm. you you have to work the business, and some of the business that you fail is because you'll find in most cases that the owner is not there, and if you are not there, I mean, let's be honest, why would you leave a trunk tin of full of money with somebody? 
mm. and hope that the, 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 they will grow your business or they will grow your money. It can't happen. Because no, no matter how good a manager you have, there's certain pinches that they will never feel that you will feel in uh, terms of, for example, wastage or, you know, missing stock and things like that. I'll give you a simple example. One of our members uh, informed us that, you know, it was so surprising for them when the guy has been their manager for years. Mm. Now, it came to a point when he had to become a franchisee where the business said, you know, let's reward you by being a franchisee. Have yes. your own store. His last day was on Friday. Mm. On Monday, when they went to check up on him on his opening day, they found him kneeling down, cleaning the carpets himself, mm. cleaning the ceilings, and they asked, what's happening? He said, mm. the place is dirty. But mm. they said, you're here on Friday. <laughs> so when and you he was said, the manager... <laughs> he said, that wasn't my business. <laughs> that is so, a perfect example. So now, this is my business. It has to be clean. Yes. You know, I want my customers when they walk in, they feel the environment. So you cannot at all material times leave your business in somebody else's hands. It's your business. You have to make sure that it is successful. So I'm assuming the exception... Um, comes when obviously you've established a successful franchise and maybe they say you can open three more, four more. But by that point, you've got systems in place that because you can't be in five, five franchises at the same time. But when you become a franchisee of multiple within the same brand, by that point, you got to be really, really good and know the business inside out. By that time, you'll have pro- proven yourself that you can run this thing. Yes. There are businesses that fail because of uh, ma- management issues. Mm. I'll give you a simple example. Cash flow. Yes. Now I'm a franchisee. I can see the till is working. At the end of the month, I can check so much. Oh, okay. Yes. Now I can afford a new car. I can move into a bigger house. I can move my kids mm. into be- better schools. But I would find that, in fact, what I'm doing, I'm actually getting into the operational costs. Yes. To an extent that the business suffers. So you have to know how to manage the business. Two, staff. Mm. Um, In businesses, you need to be a people's person. If you cannot manage the team, it becomes a problem. If you have disgruntled team, what kind of service are they going to Mm. offer to your customers? And then the the worst part is it doesn't just affect your business when a customer complains it's a national or international it affects line. the entire brand yes so those are some of the issues that actually lead to business failures mm. hence we we are saying to our members if you can see that the franchisee is struggling let's intervene mm. and save the business because at times you find that you have the passion to run the business, but you don't necessarily have the skills. You've got the money, you've got everything. So you need to go for training. Hence, now we are introducing what we call franchise manager occupational training course. Mm. That those who want to go into a franchise must enroll for that course, must be well pre- prepared. Mm. And if there's a need in line with the franchisor, then we continuously train these guys. But is it possible? Because I just have a sneaky suspicion that sometimes the wrong site, the wrong location was, you know, maybe certain things were not taken into consideration for 
the business to thrive? Look, before you are allocated a site, there will be proper assessment by the head office. Mm. They will do an analysis of their buying power yes. of the co co community wherein you want to buy. As I indicated earlier on, if you, you find that your staff is unhappy so, so somehow, they, they, they will obviously drive their business away. Mm. Um, I, I wouldn't go to an outlet where the staff is not welcoming, the staff isn't friendly, yes. and, and so forth. So it's how you manage your business uh, that actually counts. Because by the time your application is approved, the, the franchisor will have been convinced that they, will, they wouldn't set up a store to fail because mm. that on its own, it affects the business. The franchise will, be, will have been convinced that you are a suitable candidate to run the business. But as we know in business, things happen. But mm. I don't think location uh, in most cases contributes because an assessment will have been done. For example, if I want a franchise to, to operate in, in my system, I'll understand the buying power of that community. Mm. Okay, I cannot take a store and put it in a field where I know that you can have two feet a day. I mean, that will fail. But my interest as the franchisor is also to make money out of your setup. But, but things can change in the sense that, let's say, for example, um, let me use Asian Asian um, franchises. So you've got your Simply Asia, your Golden Rose, your Kung Fu Kitchen. So let's say you found a great location and as Simply Asia, your pricing point is a little bit higher than your Kung Fu. And they don't do the same cuisine, but it's similar. So now you operating Humunate as Simply Asia, you're making your targets, your profits. Suddenly a Kung Fu opens literally a block away. Now People are like, how? Why am I paying 115 rands for that meal when I can get this one for 35 rands? Is it possible that when things change with so many developments that a franchise can suffer? Uh, I think it depends on one. When you establish a brand, mm. already you should understand the market. Mm. But you will establish loyal members. Mm. Okay, and in in most cases, I can assure you that some of us drive ten ki ki kilometers for a certain brand yes. for for wings. Yes. Okay, so there are wings somewhere, but because we are used to that brand and we love that brand, you drive there. I'll, I'll drive, drive <laughs> yes. there. So yes. either Simple Asia has a hundred rand meal, if they have the customer base. They, they wouldn't suddenly move because there's somebody who sells a, mm. a cheaper meal. So I think you, you, you must understand that there are co competitors. I'll, mm. I'll give you a simple example. In terms of fuel retail, you'll find that this side is engine mm. and on the other side is BP. Mm. Okay. So we are brand loyalists. Mm. So even if my petrol, I can start stuck five meters away from engine, it, I can actually find a, a two liter scoop yes. and, and go to BP. So I'm just trying to show mm. that in most cases, it's not about the pricing that can affect the business. It's how the brand itself managed to establish its clientele. Yes. And how you maintain them.
because I think that is important. Now we have loyal points, we have reward points and so forth and so forth because brands are trying to innovate as to how to maintain that clientele. Because mm, there's so much competition out there. All right, we'll continue with this masterclass when we come back from Eyewitness News. 702 Masterclass. We're continuing with our master class on franchising. Give us a call, 011-883-0702 in the WhatsApp line, 072-702-1702. So many questions have already come through, and uh, we've still got a lot to get through. Um, but we will do our best to maximize the time we've got remaining. I am with the CEO of FASA, Franchise Association of South Africa, Ndade Fred Makhadwe. Now, Fred... Can we quickly touch on that nail franchise where Cote Blanche did an expose? And I'll say Tammy Taylor because it it was out publicly. And what um, Cote Blanche had uncovered was that technically at this stage, they are not operating with a license um, based on the fact that the international brand said, we're canceling you guys having a license, but they're still selling. And their argument was, until the South African law says we d- we shouldn't operate because they were able to go and um, patent was that the correct term patent or the name yeah. so it's it's a very tricky legal thing that's happening. What happens if somebody just opens a international brand, let's say KFC, and they don't have a license to do so, and then they even say. Don't worry, I got the menu, I got the Bible, I used to work there, and they start. Can the South African law actually have jurisdiction with that international brand? And maybe KFC is a bad example because they do have a South African head office. But a smaller brand looking at this Tammy Taylor situation. I think uh, in that respect, um, Tammy Taylor and their master franchisor. Yes have to sort out their relationship mm. because the franchise relationship is based on the franchise agreement Yes, as to what you agree on and the duration of the agreement Yes, and how the franchisee behaves. Mm. Okay. So then they must t- terminate if they, they haven't, but it seems as though they have t- terminated. And if that franchisee continues to use the IP, the intellectual pro- pro- property of the master franchisor, then they have to take legal st- steps against them. Mm. When you spoke about the South African law, um, franchising ethical code is based on ethics. Mm. You as a business person, how do you take an oath, if I could put it that, that way? Yes. How to behave towards the public, towards your franchisees, towards your customers. We have the Consumer Protection Act, Mm. which looks after franchise businesses as well as consumers. Mm. So if any parties are grieved, okay, and Tammy Taylor, as they are now not the member of FASA, then one can approach the National Consumer Commission Mm. to say, I bought into this entity under uh, impressions yes. that they are legal if uh, somebody feels they are, well, what they are doing is unlawful mm. and I've been misled 
and to buy into something that shouldn't actually have been out there. Yes. So you you approach the National Consumer Commission and you lay your call complaint because the NCC is the custodian of consumer protection mm. in the country. So I think there are also criminal sanctions in terms of the CPA. Mm. If that rebranding or what you do with the packaging and all the stuff mm. is not in line with the original product. So there are criminal sanctions in terms of the CCPA. Mm. Yes. So it's not just Hong Kong. There's an actual legal thing around copying something that the IP belongs to somebody else. Yes. So the owners of the IP have a right to enforce that. Even if they are inter- international, they must have ways of enforcing it in the country. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, let's take some calls. We've got Jade um, in Malaga or Malaga in Spain. Hi, Jade, how are you? Hi, uh, my name is Judith. Uh, can you hear me? My apologies, Judith. Um, I was yeah, no, no, I received fine. the wrong information. Yes, go ahead. No, no, not a problem at all. Okay, uh, my question uh, was uh, uh, around what Fred was actually just discussing now. So how can we start a South African franchise in Europe? Uh, is there an office that can facilitate this assist and assist with funding as well? Uh, I owned a business in South Africa for several years before moving to Spain, and I want to continue this business in Spain. Uh, and one of the reasons for doing so is that I see that there's a lot of African migrants, you know, that have arrived on the continent of Europe and they're looking for jobs and their work is not legalized and they don't enjoy the same workers' rights. And I had this idea of franchising my business to them, but like basically training them, you know, mm. empowering them, uh, helping them to start up their own business and, uh, and to be able to take care of themselves, you know, instead of working for an employer that's never going to, uh, uh, you know, empower them and they would never be able to, to, uh, to better their lives. That's the first question. The second question is, um, how can how do we keep our South African businesses and brands and franchises safe? Okay, I see copies of like African and South African brands, like where I'm at at the moment, and I think that there's a lot of copying that's done on the continent. And we were at, Fred was actually touching on this uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, for example, I went to a safari park, and I'm going to put the word safari in inverted commas in Sevilla. And literally, uh, the elephant, there was, there was an elephant that was kept in captivity with big metal bars around it and couldn't move and was in the street. I've got videos, I've got um, mm-hmm. photographs of this. You know, the baboons were begging and people found this amusing. And that is not a safari park to me. For me, a safari park is if you're in Africa and you have that nature around you. That was a zoo and the animals were being mistreated. They weren't being taken, they weren't well taken care of. You know, we, we need African ambassadors or South African ambassadors uh, or ambassadors for each of our countries. And I'm not talking about the ambassadors that reside in our consulates and, and in our embassies. We need people who will be able to carry the brand forward. Mm. All I right, can, uh, Judith, I don't want you to go on for too long, uh, lest the guest yeah. forgets, forgets even yeah. your first question. So let me give him an yeah. opportunity to start there. Um, the, the, the first question about wanting to now open a South African franchise abroad and what support is available. Okay, I think what usually happens is that we are a member of World Franchise Council. Mm. Uh, various associations are members there. So what Judith should do is to first find out if there is a franchise association in Spain. And then she'll make contact with them. And she'll find out what principles do they apply to foreign entities. Uh, 
Because what we also have is that we have what we call international membership. Mm. So it's where Judy should actually register her business in Spain mm. in order to be able to operate. So I think that is quite easy because we also want international brands when they come to South Africa to register with us. Mm. So, so that in the event that there are issues, then we are able to intervene. Mm. So we experienced some guys who bought into one of our brands, but they didn't come through us. And when that deal couldn't go through, then they can't complain to us. Mm. And we said, I think that the, the starting ground, the foundation was wrong. Because we don't know the kind of interactions that you Yes. So now we must you, intervene not yes, knowing what's so what. Had you come through us, we'll have engaged your embassy mm. to say, we have your business entrepreneur who wants to come into South Africa. And these are the rules. And this is, it will also give a credence to the interaction between the franchise and the franchisee because our main member will know and understand that we are involved from, from the start. Mm. So there wouldn't be any underhanded uh, dealings. So mm. that is what Judith should also do. Contact the local uh, association if they exist. And if not, then we must find ways to engage the embassy. Because in Spain, they must know that she is bringing business. And what kind of business is she bringing? And how is it aligned to their, in, their, their internal laws? Because if you go into a country, you, you must understand the applicable laws. Yes. You start something. Along the way, you have invested money, you have invested resources and so forth. Now the authorities come and say, oh, you have to stop, stop there because this is not allowed. Yes. So she needs to do proper research first of what is allowed and what is not allowed. Yes, yes. And the second one was about how do we protect then the South African brands and franchises? One is that I re remember a franchise business is a registered business. Mm. So in South Africa, we have the DITC where you register your name, you register your logos, you register your know-how. So in the event somebody goes out and pass off on your intellectual pro property, yes. so there are international relations between South Africa and other countries. There's what we call international law. So hence, in terms of our operations as FASA, we have our partners in in overseas. Mm. So if there's any, what, what we call a cross but a conflict so we should be able to deal with that mm, mm. yes okay uh, let's go to ike in edenvale hi ike hi hi good day to you and to your guest mm. thanks for taking my call uh, very interesting and informative topic uh, I, I i just want to you know pick your your guest uh, he might you know, be able to guide me here uh, mm. uh, just to inform me because uh, I'm long past uh, this experience. I, I had a, a franchise business mm. and uh, mine happened long time ago and I I concede, you know, things might have changed. I so don't do know you mean you were the franchiser? The franchisee. You were the franchisee, okay. Yes, I was a franchisee. Uh, you know, we, uh, I had ticked all the boxes. I don't want to, you know, take more time and, you know, all things were done. Uh, you know, the feasibility was done and uh, it was a, 
a new shopping center, uh, you know, shopping mall, before malls became even uh, fashionable, 1988, in Fosfiorath. Yeah. The location was super, the visibility was done, the shop fittings were out of this world, and I was there to manage the business myself. Everything on paper seemed, you know, completely uh, above board, and everything was just different and and exciting. Uh, uh, Came the time... I, can I just ask that you get to the point uh, quickly as we've got so oh, okay. many questions to take? Yes, yeah. what is the question you'd like to ask? Yeah, no, they, they, they came the time when the business did not, the franchise did not, did not uh, uh, succeed. Mm. It, it was failing completely. And uh, franchise law was unable to help me and I tried the Franchise Association, uh, there was no intervention. Now, my point is that it seems, like I say, maybe things have changed now. The, the risk, you know, the franchise law uh, takes you know, the, the benefit on the upside, but when the business fails, you... You as a franchisee, you, you suffer the loss. And, so so uh, what, what is the question exactly, Ike? The question is, uh, uh, if the franchise business is not operating according to plan, mm. what recourse do you have? Okay, so as the franchisee, what recourse do you have if the business is not going to according to plan? And from what it sounds like, the franchisor was not necessarily providing the necessary support. From what I hear uh, from Ike is that uh, the business failed, despite everything that was done. Mm. Um, it it might have happened that one the the location as as we spoke about earlier on, mm. two is the service that you offer what people re- really need because you may identify a gap, mm. but we won't find that the market uh, isn't the right ma- market for your business. I'll give you a simple example. One of our ma- members also had a franchisee who was struggling because of the nature of the clientele that they were attracting. Mm. Uh, rugby guys, drinking large number of alcohol, mm. being a restaurant, and the business struggled. But it was eventually sold to a Muslim lady mm. who oh, transformed yeah. the outlook of the business in that now it's a family business. It's no longer opening on weekends after the games or when the games are played. So now it's a family business where uh, parents can take their kids there, they relax, they have nice meal, dinner, supper, drinks, mm. and all that stuff. Now, it became a best uh, franchisee in the country, mm. from being a worst uh, franchise business to mm. the best. So now there are dynamics that play into a business. Mm. It's not only opening and working. So the environment, the customer base uh, plays an important role as well. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to wrap up our masterclass. 
702 Masterclass Alright, we've got four minutes up until three o'clock So let's go straight to the calls Charles, you want to ask about pricing, go ahead Hi, hi to your guest um, I just wanted to find out from your guest Exactly who regulates the pricing of franchises um, Is it, do they consider risk? Do they do risk analysis? Mm. Or is there is there a list of prices that says, okay, I want to open fish and, fish and chips. Mm. This is the amount that you need to have. If I want to open KFC or Nando's, for example. All right. No, I, amount. I've got you completely. And I think that's a good question. Um, 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 who decides the pricing? The owner of the business. Mm. So it's my brand. I know how much I've put into it. Mm. And I know how much it costs. But... If, for example, you want to benefit off of the advertising of a McDonald's, ideally, every McDonald's you go to, the pricing should be the same. Yes. Okay. Let's quickly go to Dumisani. You want to ask, is it possible to have two franchises? Hi, baby. Yes, go ahead, Dumisani. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, is it possible to have two franchises, to have engine um, garage and share garage? Very good question. Very good question. So I'm I'm assuming then, um, um, if is it possible to own two competing franchises? Look, I understand that as a franchisee, I have a right to diversify. If I run engine, I'm not exclusive to yes. engine. Yes. So if I want to diversify and own a BP or what, whatever, I'll approach them and say, this is what I do, and this is what I own, and this are uh, my expertise, and I'm doing well. If they are happy with me, then it's fine. But there are some franchises, I understand, where they've got rules that if you um, you cannot own a certain percentage in a competing franchise because they also want to protect their own yes. brand. I knew there'd be too many questions and there were so many that were busy asking about who pays the tax, which off air you already sent, said that the business owner pays the tax, yeah, which is the franchisee. franchisee. Because that's your business. Yes. All, all, all what you do is to pay certain percentages to the fr- franchisor. Yes. Like the management fee, the marketing fee, and so forth. But that's your business. What is the website uh, for FASA? www.fasa.co.za No, you mean www.fasa.co.za Thank you so much.